I'd invite you to take a Bible and open up to James chapter 1, which will be the text for the sermon this morning. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, you'll find that on page 1199, page 1199 in the, in the Pew Bible. And I think I would invite you to follow along as not just as I read the text, but as we go through it verse by verse. And you'll also find a uh, outline on the back of your uh, bulletin with verses that I'll be quoting there, and I believe that will help you to not get lost as I journey through uh, James chapter 1. We begin with verse 12. I read in Jesus' name. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Out of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, so that we should be a kind of firstfruits of all his creatures. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, your word is truth. Guide us in your truth that we might understand it with our minds and believe it in our hearts and by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would apply it to our lives. We pray this as we learn about how to go through temptation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our family uh, likes to travel. At least we like to, uh, the, the destination of our travels, like we took a quick trip from, uh, to Chicago this week so we could be with some of our family there, especially my, my daughter-in-law whose father passed away and I conducted his funeral. So thank you for those who were praying for me. Our trip went remarkably smooth, <laughs> uh, even got in um, early uh, on all our, our legs of our journey, and uh, home last night before 9 o'clock, so thank you, and uh, a very, very meaningful time that we had with family. Well, Lent is often thought of as a journey with a destination of the cross, and beyond that, to the resurrection. The word Lent itself uh, comes from the Latin for spring. And, and as spring is a time of renewal of the earth, and so Lent is to be a time of renewal in our spiritual life. Our theme for these Sundays and this season come from our psalm for today. Psalm 25 and verses 4 and 5. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, and for you I wait all the day long. 
This will be our prayer for the Lord to teach us his paths and to lead us in his truth. We begin our journey where Jesus began his, in the wilderness of testing and temptation. Now, the word for temptation in the New Testament can also mean testing. And so the Greek word used for trial and test in verse 12 comes from the word for tempted in verses 13 and 14. Our catechism teaches the two meanings of this word. There are, and I quote, the trials and tests from God, which he allows to come to me to strengthen my faith. And there are the enticements to do evil, which come to me from Satan, the world, and my own sinful human nature. God will not let, uh, God will not lead us into temptation. And so we pray in the Lord's Prayer, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God will lead us through temptation, and as we'll discover, will lead us through temptation to promise. And as uh, today we will learn God's promises in times of temptation. Now, We all go through temptation. Even Jesus was tempted, but of course, he was without sin. But Jesus endured the same temptations we do. And as we pray, lead me in your path, and, uh, excuse me, lead me in your truth, we want to discover the truths that God wants to teach us as we encounter temptation. And so from our text, we discover how God will lead us in the truth through temptation to promise. First, we are given the promise of God's salvation in verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to all who love him. One commentary rendered this, blessed is the one who stands fast in temptation. Now, temptation, when we encounter temptation, it it is not just uh, something we need to deal with now, but temptation has an impact for eternity. Think about that. Um, In every temptation, excuse me, um, in every temptation, we must understand not just how it affects us now, but we must think about the end game, the end game of that temptation. Um, We must not allow the fleeting pleasures of sin to distract us from the greatest from the, uh, to distract us or to lead us astray from the greatest of all enjoyment and pleasures, which is the greatest of those is, is um, being able to revel in the pure love, goodness, and kindness of God now and through eternity. Sin is always short-sighted, but God's gifts 
and his presence and his love are for eternity. And so consider the end game. Don't just get caught up in the present here. In a couple of weeks, we'll discover God's end game is to show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus for all eternity, Ephesians 2.7. Now, this end game, right, what God has for us is the crown of life. Life is God always intended for us. Life in him, the source of all that is truth and joy and love and peace, all that is kind and good. That's what God wants for us, this crown of life. Through every temptation, we should long to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. God wants us to enjoy him forever. C.S. Lewis wrote about this, quote, the promise of glory is the promise almost incredible and only possible by the work of Christ that we shall find approval, shall please God to be a real ingredient in the divine happiness to be loved by God, delighted in him as an artist delights in his work or as a father in a child. End of quote. All of this and so much more is expressed in the image of the crown of life. Jesus himself promised this in Revelation 2.10. You are about to suffer and be tested Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. The Bible also speaks of the crown of glory in 1 Peter 5.4, the crown of righteousness in 2 Timothy 4.8. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote that temptation drives the Christian afresh into the arms of Jesus, the crucified. It is there that our sin is forgiven, And its power over us is taken away, and death itself is destroyed. All of these thoughts encompass this promise of God's salvation, this crown of life. God's end game, his purpose for those who love him, is for them to receive this crown of life, this eternal salvation with him, with Jesus, in Jesus, and of course it happens through Jesus. Is this cutting out, Bill? Okay, it just sounds like to me. All right. Well, second, in verses 13 to 16, we are given the promise of God's character. First, we have the promise of God's eternal life, his eternal salvation. Second, the promise of God's character. Let's discover what that means here. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. James firmly asserts the goodness of God's character. There is no evil 
in God. We talked about this this morning in Sunday school. There is no evil in God. He is not the source of our downfalls. Uh, James is teaching us that the attributes of God's character make him our ally in temptation and not our enemy. It is not God who tempts, but it is the sinful desires of our own flesh which the unbelieving world and Satan want to capitalize on. We are enticed by our own sinful flesh, our own earthly desires, and, and Satan and the world are all too accommodating to those things for us. God hates evil in all its forms. And he delights in us when we also hate it. God is ready to battle against evil and come to our aid in this fight to deliver us from evil. God is there to give grace in every temptation. Remember God's promise in, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9? Uh, for my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. We do not fight this battle in our own strength. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in us, ready to empower us, as we're told in Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord, not in ourselves, in the Lord and the strength of his might. We are told uh, God will never let you be tempted beyond your ability. That's in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, where another attribute of God's character is his faithfulness. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, you will also, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God... I think sometimes may have a greater estimation of my ability to endure it because I often think, oh, Lord, no, I can't handle this. But we have God's promise that no temptation will overtake you, um, that, uh, that you will not be tempted beyond your ability, but he will provide a way of escape. God is with you, and he's given you the strength, and he'll provide a way for you to endure whatever temptation you're in. James teaches us not to be deceived and blame God for our temptations or the evil that befall us. James then emphasizes another aspect of God's character, his sheer goodness. We are given the promise of his provision, of his gifts. And we can think back to our lesson from, from Genesis where it says God will provide, right? And he named the mountain God will provide, and God will provide for us. Let's look at verse 17 and 18. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of change. God doesn't change. Of all of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. God has provided us with every good gift, every perfect gift, and he's also provided for us with the word of truth. God gives these by his grace of his own will. Nothing we did 
could ever earn or deserve these provisions, these gifts. They come out of God's goodness and grace. And so the force of these verses is, God is not the source of what is evil, but of all that is good. Every temptation is, in fact, an opportunity to walk away from sin, to turn away from sin, and to receive God's good gifts. Every temptation is an opportunity to shun that evil, but to accept and receive God's gift. There's a gift that God wants to give in every temptation. I have found these verses a tremendous help when bombarded by temptations. And don't think that pastors are immune from temptation. In fact, there's nothing that Satan delights in greater than to sideline his servants and so make them ineffective. Pastors have a great big bullseye all right on their back that Satan constantly takes aims at with his fiery arrows. But when I am bombarded with uh, such temptations, I have found a tremendous help um, uh, when I am enticed by the world, the devil, and my own sinful flesh to go after fleshly and fleeting sinful pleasures, I found great strength in praising God for his good gifts, focusing on them instead of what he has, uh, and on what he has provided. And, and so when I am in the midst of those temptations, the greatest power I found is, God, thank you. Thank you. I don't need this because you've already given me this. I don't need to go after that because you've already provided what I need. I think at the root of every sin is the lie that God's gifts cannot satisfy or that God has not given us enough. Sometimes we believe God is holding out on us or, or that he owes us for our trials, the sufferings or hardships that we experience. Okay, God, you can give me a break on this, right? It's okay if I do this. No. Uh, I've spoken often of writer and speaker Johnny Erickson Tata, which you probably well know, know uh, was paralyzed from the neck down in a diving accident at age 17. In her book, Secret Strength, Johnny wrote about her own temptations, and she's always very transparent. She says, I was in my late 20s, single, and with every prospect of remaining so. Sometimes lust or a bit of fantasizing would seem so inviting and so easy to justify. After all, hadn't I already given up more than most Christians just by being disabled? Didn't my wheelchair entitle me to a little slack now and then from God? She goes on to write, hard times can often lead to temptation. In our suffering, the evil one is, is so quick to come to our aid and offer one of his solutions, pursuing pleasure to numb the pain, becoming bitter, getting even, feeding anger. End of quote. The fact is, we don't need to seek solace in transitory comfort of sin when God has already given us the comforter, the one who truly can uh, satisfy us. 
God has given us the most precious gifts he could ever, we could ever receive. The top of the list is Jesus. Romans, I often think of Romans 8.32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, his only begotten son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? All of God's gifts come by grace. We don't deserve them and can never earn them. They are freely given and to be received with just gratitude. Of course, among God's good gifts is the word of truth we heard about here. The truth that we have in the Bible. The Bible clearly exposes the lies of Satan, the world, and our own sinful flesh and discloses to us all of God's good gifts. Of course, the word of truth is the word of life. It is the gospel of God's salvation. In our psalm today, it says, Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. Now, in order to lead us in his truth through temptation to promise, God gives us this word of truth. And through it, we are born again by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we receive God's spirit of grace and power. But I have to to just say this. What happens then when we do fail? Well, we need the gospel. We need to remember God's promise in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, God is faithful, and he is just, and he will forgive us our sins, and he will ah, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. It's one of his great gifts. I hope, I hope you're excited to go on this journey of Lent, this journey to the cross, the cross at which, by, uh, through which Jesus, uh, on which Jesus Christ died for us and through which he has forgiven us our sins by his death. I ask you to pray as I will be praying Lord, lead me in your truth and teach me. May the Lord indeed lead you through temptation to promise, the promise of his eternal salvation, of eternal life, the promise of his character, his goodness, and and the promise of his provision of every good and perfect gift. Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, thank you that you lead us through temptation to promise, the promises that you've fulfilled through Jesus Christ. May we trust you, trust those promises, Lord, and so find victory over sin and temptation, not in our own strength, but in yours. Thank you for this journey to the cross and beyond to the resurrection. May we be spiritually renewed in this season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.